0: W R G N Rewind Say hey it's a good day Welcome back to Wake Up Right. We're glad you're with us. We've got special guest Tim Mahoney with us and looking forward to talking to you about uh, the new movie that you have coming out. But before we go there, I want to introduce you to our listeners and also uh, maybe refresh their memory about a movie that came out a few years ago called Patterns of Evidence, Exodus. What got you into filmmaking?
1: Well, I uh, believe it or not, I grew up in a home that didn't have a television. (laughs) I can
0: believe it because I didn't either.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, what happened was we had a television and then it broke. And I got another story I told in a film called The Journey Home. It's about our family and how I grew up in a broken home, put it that way. So we, we uh, were poor and, and were on welfare, and what ended up happening was when the TV broke, we weren't going to get another one. So for a long time, I was uh, deprived of watching important programs like Leave it to Beaver, uh, The Rifleman, Gunsmoke, those kinds of things. I never saw Disney, uh, and I suppose I was uh, very, you know, starved for it. But it was when I was 18 years old, I actually went. For the first time, to my first movie, wow. I had heard about a Billy Graham film that came out called The Hiding Place, and I went and saw that film at our local theater, and I was just taken by cinema, the power of it, and this power of that story. A Little did I realize that I, in the future that I would become a filmmaker, but that's sort of how it happened, I think. And then after I went to, uh, I went to two years of college. I thought I'd go into radio. I loved radio. I used to hang out at a radio station. And I wanted to do something in media. And then I heard about a film school that was uh, uh, around. And I thought, well, what if I could do that? And I, the whole it all started coming together. And uh, it took a long time for me to become a filmmaker. But that's sort of
0: how it all happened. Well, I love the fact that you obviously considered radio for a time. That's actually kind of how I got into it as well. And once that radio bug bit, actually once the media bug bites, I, I think it's hard to get rid of, isn't it? Oh, absolutely.
1: And I think when we think about just listening to programs, it takes you. You can put the images in your own mind. I loved radio theater. I loved Moody Bible Mm. uh, when they had Ranger Bill and Unshackled and those types of programs that came out of that era. And Sugar Creek Gang, uh, th- that was out of KTIS, uh, a local station here. So a lot of activity was happening here that that drew me to radio, and it seemed like a natural place to go. As it turned out, film is half audio (laughs) it is (laughs) now uh, jesus used
0: storytelling as well so that storytelling aspect that's a part of film that's a part of radio the programs that you mentioned that we carry here on wrgn those are those are important things that jesus used to bring people to him as well
1: yes Uh, we're created for story i think that we understand who we are where we've come from so story is a really important component I think that that's the reason what separates us, I believe, from all of the rest of creation. And understanding then the the true story of who we are, where we come from, what our origin is, and uh, what's happening right now is what's so significant. So that's what I've been involved with, you know, with these patterns of evidence, because we've had a lot of people saying that, there is no evidence for the Bible. We can't find it. And for me, that first uh, investigation, which I started a little bit later, I had gone through a lot of, of experiences trying to make films. And, and, but the one that really gripped me was this Patterns of Evidence film on the Exodus, which was, took 12 years for me to make.
0: Now, was there a um, question that, mark that, that created that desire, that interest in you to do that film? Well,
1: I didn't know that there was any questions about the, the, the events of the Exodus until I went to Egypt. That's a great question to ask, and and what happened was, is when I got to the location where the Israelites uh, were, I had gone right after 9-11, six months after 9-11, to Egypt, which a lot of people weren't traveling to the Middle East, and I got to this location. It was very difficult to get to, and I talked to uh, Manfred Bietek, an archaeologist who had been there, he was Austrian, and he had been working in that site. And he had been digging underneath the city of Ramesses. And the Bible tells us that the Israelites built the cities of Ramesses and Petom. So he was digging there, and he found underneath that city an older city called Avaris. And so that particular location, when he reported his work, it echoed the events of the Bible. And I think he even talked about that, but it was very dangerous for him to talk about that because of political issues with Israel and Egypt and all those kinds of things. So I got in the thick of that, but he (laughs) told me that there was no, when I asked him, I said, is there any evidence for the Exodus? He said, have you found any? And he said, so far not. Wow. And when I came home from Egypt, I had a crisis of faith. Mm. So what prompted me to continue on, you and I might not be talking together right now had I basically just accepted that answer. But I really believe that God providentially allowed me, when I was in an edit suite on a Saturday morning, uh, I had a, an experience where I was you know, literally moved to, to search for an answer. Uh, I had this thought come into my mind when I was looking at that footage, Everything your family has believed about the Bible is a lie. And this utter
0: hopelessness came over me. I think a lot of people go through that crisis of faith. Uh, They don't like to admit it. They don't want to talk about it. But it's okay to ask those questions as long as it drives us to seek out the answer rather than just accept Maybe what someone else has said. Well, I'm so glad that you've done this, Tim. And I want to come back because I want to talk about this movie in particular. If you've not seen Patterns of Evidence uh, Exodus, I would highly encourage you to see it. But we want to talk about the Sinai movie because there are other questions that arose from your first foray here with Patterns of Evidence Exodus. And we want to talk about that when we come back. We're back with Tim Mahoney, filmmaker and the maker of the movie Patterns of Evidence Exodus, as well as subsequent films, including this one that we're talking about today, Patterns of Evidence Mount Sinai. A crisis of faith can sometimes cause some challenges in our own spirit, in our own thought process, but rather than have that turn you away from faith, Tim, it turned you to an investigative filmmaker. What happened? Well, that
1: uh, morning, Saturday morning, that I was looking at footage of someone saying there wasn't any evidence for the Bible. Yes, I had a crisis of faith. I'd never experienced anything like that before. And now I actually can be sympathetic. And I think a lot of us, a lot of your listeners, might have come to a place in their life where— I would say the enemy puts a thought in their mind Mm -hmm. that it's that's not true, that God's not real, or God doesn't love you, or 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 something like this. And what we have to do is persevere through that. And uh, almost immediately, another thought came to my mind: Stop editing. Mm -hmm. Get up. Go to your office. And I walked to my office and go to the bookcase, and it was very direct, read that book. And someone had given me a book, uh, by, written by an agnostic, by the way, who had also looked at this dig site, uh, Egyptologist David Rohl, and that's where he had seen a pattern that matched the biblical story of Joseph and his family coming into Egypt, and he laid it all out in the archaeology that Manfred Bitek had shown. And so that began my journey to not give up. And that's what I would encourage a lot of people. And so that's what I've been doing. And this new film coming out, Journey to Mount Sinai, is ongoing. It's the ongoing part of that investigation. We're going to be in theaters May 15th and May 17th nationwide as a Fathom event. And we're going to have a special presentation at the end of the film. It's going to be an amazing evening where you're going to see an investigation that I, as I continue it into three different potential sites for Mount Sinai. It's a really, really powerful film you're going to see evidence, and it's going to be, I think, really,
0: really encouraging for you and your faith. Now, when you began this investigation, as far as Mount Sinai is concerned, you actually started with more than just three sites in the first movie. That's right. There were six different
1: locations, and I created something. People can actually see what the investigation is about if they go to com. There is a, a Mount Sinai scorecard. You can see a trailer for this new film, but I created a scorecard and you know it's like when you when you come out with a, a car oftentimes motor trend has you know the cars for the year mm-hmm. well these are 6 mountains so the first mountains that came out were in the were in part 1 the first 3 mountains we look at the traditional locations and then from there we move on to non-traditional locations in this new film. You don't have to see one film or the other to, to get something out of it. Both mm-hmm. films stand alone because there's so much information and detail. But the scorecard was a really great technique of allowing the viewer to participate in the investigation. And in that, we actually have the biblical verses. So if someone has a Bible study group or Sunday school class, or if you just want to take your homeschool group, you're going to basically really— be able to see what this is about and learn an awful lot. And it's going to help a lot of people make up a decision, you know, in their mind. And what you're going to see is how plausible and how credible this investigation and the whole event is, I guess I should say.
0: Now, what do you hope to have people take away from the film once they've seen it?
1: Well, as I said, the, the sense that it's very, very doable. A lot of people, they send their children off to college, and we know that many of them might take a class, they might even go to a Christian college, and their professors don't believe in the Bible. Mm. It's hard to believe, but they really don't believe in it being historical. They think it's just a good piece of literature like Shakespeare or something. And uh, they don't necessarily think that there's anything that really happened. They think these are just moral teachings. Well, the Bible tells us that God acted in time and space. And Patterns of Evidence is about... Uh, looking for the historical pattern of evidence for the Bible. And that's what we found, uh, and we just use the scientific approach. Mm. So what I think is going to happen is that uh, people will see the pattern, and they'll say, wait a minute, this is matching what we've, we've seen. Mm. And in that, their faith is, uh, I think, encouraged. Some people who I've had people who are unbelievers, even atheists, they've turned around and said, you know what, it's true. Mm. And that's also the holy spirit working within the film, helping people to basically come to a place where they're they're provoked and they see it and they can't argue with it now, there's more such a strong pattern there
0: you mention the scientific method and i think that there are people who misunderstand the scientific method when we come back i want to talk about the scientific method and how it affected what you did the movie is called journey to mount sinai part two it's from the patterns of evidence series it's coming up may 15th and 17th in theaters we'll be right back with tim mahoney We're back. We have filmmaker Tim Mahoney talking about the movie Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai, Part 2. Now, when we were talking, we were just uh, talking about the idea of the scientific method. And I think that some people have come to misunderstand what the scientific method is. We came through it with COVID. We've come through it with the environmental issues where they say, well, the consensus of scientists say... That is not the scientific method, is it?
1: No. Uh, I think the true scientific method is to have a hypothesis and then look for a pattern where that repeats itself. And oftentimes people are just using the weight of Of opinion saying well we know better than you and then when you ask and try to get to that uh, well well, why why do you believe something build the case for me they said "Well, just trust our authority Mm. and so one of the things that I faced when I was making these films is that there are people of authority and their schools of thought that they say oh we've already determined that the Bible isn't historically accurate and then I would ask well can you explain to me what's your basis for that understanding And as you started looking at that, that's what we ended up doing was basically saying, well, I don't see it making sense to me because we're supposed to be looking for historical events. And I can show you a pattern of this happening. And then they're silent. Mm. You know, they don't have a lot to say. But they use that authority to basically, I talked a little bit earlier in the segment about sending your kids off to college, Uh, whether it's sometimes even a Christian college or a secular college, they're going to basically use their authority to intimidate students into believing that there's no evidence for the Bible. And that's not true. I'm going to tell you that there's a whole amazing pattern not answering to. And oftentimes people don't want there to be evidence for the Bible because they don't want to feel obligated to believe the Bible. And uh, in this particular case, uh, you know, we have a pattern that we look for the campsites in the wildernesses. That's a journey to the mountain step. And then we look for travel speed. You know, how long, how far can you go? when you're walking. And uh, it's about 20 miles a day is the average in the ancient world that people could travel. That gives you an idea because the Bible says it was like 45, depending on who you talk to, 45 to 60 days to the mountain. Mm. I think it's probably more likely to be 45 or 50, you know, in that, that range. But some people argue for longer. Well, that tells you if you go 20, 20 times 45, you can see how far you could possibly go. Well, if they rested a period of time or whatever, that gives you then zones to look in. Not only that, then there's where's the ancient land of Midian because Moses left Egypt, fled to the land of Midian, and stayed for 40 years. He went to the backside of the wilderness, another clue, and, well, where is the backside Backside. of the wilderness from Midian? Mm -hmm. And where is the location of Midian? And we're going to show you what, where, where the archaeology points to, and what's still there today, you're going to see potential living space of Jethro and where Moses would have lived.
0: Now, as you went through all of this, did you come to a conclusion? And maybe you don't want to answer that question. Maybe you want to let people see the movie. But uh, the movie is called Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai, Part 2. Do you want to answer the question?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm going to tell you what I think. Okay. This is the first time I've ever done that. I'm going to basically fill out the scorecard. I filled out the scorecard, and at the very end, I'm going to give the audience what I think is the best pattern. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's open for people to debate, but I think there is a pattern that emerges. And there's something else that emerged for me as well, is that the people were called to go there to worship. And I felt very strongly that I needed to emphasize that in this film. And so the film ends with a theme of worship. And why that is important is, you know, right when Moses went away, they were afraid. They started worshiping the wrong thing, right? They decided that they're going to worship a golden calf. And they basically took an Egyptian god and formed it into a calf and started worshiping that. We're going to be looking for that and show evidence. Is there evidence connected to that golden calf worship? But why is that important today? Is that a lot of us are facing fear. We don't know about the economy. We don't know about all the stuff that's happening politically. There's so many things to be fearful about, but God doesn't want us to be fearful. And I struggle with fear in my own life as well. And I believe if we take, instead of worshiping something else, that we need to worship the right thing. And the Mm. film is going to end in worship. Mm. We're going to ask people to stand up. I ended up getting together a choir. And these are people in this choir who are in bondage to addiction, Mm. and now they are on their way to freedom, and they are joining me in this time of worship, and we're going to worship God at the end of this film. And I believe something special is going to happen Mm. for this uh, event this evening. Uh, We're going to ask people to stand up and participate in that because it's, it's going to be moving people away from fear and starting to refocus when the fears come what are they going to do? They need to turn and put their eyes on the right focus, which is the worship of God.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Tim. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today about the movie. It's called Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai Part Two. in theaters, May 15th and 17th. It will be in our local theaters.
1: People can go to PatternsofEvidence.com uh, to see a trailer, to download the
0: scorecard, and to purchase their tickets. Wake Up Right, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on WRGN, your good news network. Say hey, it's a good day.